Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. They treat you like family. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Time to head to Chicago, shall we? David Kaplan, he joins us at this time each and every week. Centurion Stone of Iowa Sponsors. A lot of ground to cover with Cap. Non-tender day in Major League Baseball. The Bears are an unmitigated disaster. Look forward to both of those topics. Cap, he joins us. Cap, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on, Capper. How are you? All good. Just got off the air, running a couple errands, work out, and... Enjoy the rest of the day because I got NFL football to gamble on. Ah, nice, and it is legal to do so in the state of Illinois uh, recently. And you know there what, you Cap? I've, have you seen the numbers? Illinois is, and then to no surprise, but boy, oh boy, they are betting a ton. Yeah, no question about it. I use Point Bet. Yep, I think is the best app and the best you know uh, opportunity out there. But it's between marijuana legalization, <laughs> recreational. Yeah. Yeah. And sports gambling, uh, again, our state is really screwed up financially, but it's amazing. Lori Lightfoot, our mayor, whether you like her or not, she just came out and said I was going to leave 300 jobs that are currently open. I was going to just wipe them from our budget. We can't afford them. And then I got the revenue check from how much marijuana was sold, and all 300 jobs are now being filled. How about that? Indeed. Uh, Lawmakers here in the state of Iowa. Uh, Well, Cap, let's get into it. Non-tender day. Let's start there first of all. And I guess the two big names are Chris Bryant and Kyle Schwarber. As far as Schwarber, first of all, what is the... uh, There's been no decision whether we're going to have universal DH. I think we will. I think it's part of a negotiation ploy between Major League Baseball and the Players Association. I think before the season starts... We will get to that point. Um, is that what maybe is making the decision as tough as anything when it comes to Schwarber? If there is DH in the NL, seems like a no-brainer that he would get uh, an opportunity to stay uh, with the Cubs. I just think their their mindset right now is rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. Now, I'm not saying they're going to lose 118 games and pick at the top of the draft for the next God knows how many years. There's too much talent, either A, on the team, or B, in the system, that they're going to be okay. I just don't think they're at the point where they look and go, hmm, DH, it'll cost us $10 million. Do it. Uh, we need a bullpen arm. There's Brad Hand, $10 million. Do it. I don't think they're at that point. A, they have to get under the luxury tax because they've already gone two consecutive years over. This past year was uh, wiped off the books. Nobody 
had to deal with it because of the pandemic. But if you're three years in the luxury tax consecutively, which they would be, you lose draft picks, you pay an insane penalty for doing that. They have to get under the luxury tax, A, and B, they've lost so much money that their projections that are by all-star break next year until we finally have everybody that wants one vaccinated, they're going to lose $300 million. I think moving money is number one on their list. So to 7 o'clock tonight, that is the deadline for these players and the possibility of non-tenders. A few of them have already happened across Major League Baseball. Do you anticipate this happening with the Cubs, with the two big names that Kenan mentioned? Say that one more time. You cut out for a second. With the non-tendering, do you anticipate that's something that will happen either to Schorber or Bryant? Yeah, I will be surprised if they non-tender Bryant. I can't believe that a guy who played in an all-star level in 19, as injured and as unimpressive as he may have been in the shortened season this summer, I can't believe you can't move him for something. Now, I know they talked to the Nationals last winter and asked for Victor Robles Mm. or Juan Soto, and they were laughed off the phone. (laughs) And I'm sure they did not expect anybody to say, yeah, we'll give you Victor Robles, his starting player, or... We'll give you Juan Soto, one of the ten best players in the sport. I get it. But I still think there is some value to be had more than just moving Chris's money. Plus, if you don't tender him a contract, boy, do you look stupid after trying to game the system to get the extra that's year and now you're not going to use it? Oh, right. come on. Yeah, and Captain, that's, that's a great point. Uh, and how much of that still lingers, Cap, to this day? Is there still animosity amongst Burroughs and Bryant that the Cubs did what every team does, let's be fair, for the most part? Uh, is there still animosity because of that? And does that make, does that make the likelihood of Bryant say he gets his game back and say he's Chris Bryant from 2019 uh, again? Does that make it likely he's going to walk re- the first chance he gets going all the way back to that eligibility clock? I don't think, and I, you know, I haven't talked to Chris as of late, but I've had you know enough conversations or been in enough press conferences where he has said, "Look, I don't agree with that rule, but." It wasn't something that they did to me. It was a bad part of the system. So Chris allowed himself to be used to file a grievance, not so much because he thought he would win it. It was he's going to try and prove that it needs to change in the next next collective bargaining. So to answer your question, no, I think that if the Cubs came to him and said, Hey, man, we want you to retire as a Cub. Here's an eight-year deal. I think he would sign it in a second. I just don't think the Cubs have any interest in doing that. Interesting. David Kaplan joining us here. It's Miller and Condon on KXNL. Cappy, over to the Chicago Bears, and the Bears, another disappointing loss. All kinds of hyperbolic uh, statements thrown out there. As embarrassing as this organization is embarrassing. I just... We've talked about it now for weeks and weeks as this winning losing streak has continued on. It's just the frustration level. Where were you Sunday night? I had no hope. I had no optimism. In fact, I laid 16 and a half and got backdoored with a, a little <laughs> advance line with the Packers. And it just, it was another one of those efforts that didn't come to a surprise, certainly from this Bears fans vantage point. How about you, Cappy? Uh, I was at TV, so I watched the games with Olin Krutz, 
Lance Briggs, Alex Brown, and Dave Wanstead. And, I mean, it's pretty good group. You know, an amazing, amazing opportunity to sit in the room and while we're all socially distanced and wearing our masks and all that, to hear those guys break down a game, like to watch, like Olin Krutz works insanely hard at watching tape, watching the All-22 he works out with some of the guys who are currently playing. He trains them. His perspective on what he sees is mind-blowing. For example, in the gym that you have, he tells you guys, hey, if you want to work out here, A, you're on time, B, I don't want to hear I'm sore, I'm banged. If you're in the gym, you're going to look. And... He imparts on them because they're all offensive linemen. Guys, this is how the game is meant to be played. So Darnell Moon makes a catch. He's getting up after the whistle, and he's got three jackasses packers. Late hit, no call. They punch to the head, no call. And two guys on the entire offense, two guys, came running over to get involved to defend the Cap, we got to call you back. Cap, we're, 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 we've lost your signal. We're going to call you right back, okay? Hang on. We'll call you right back. We've, we lost you right in the minute, uh, middle of that there, and that was about to be a pretty good answer uh, listening to those former players talk about uh, what was on the field and the fact that there was no response after uh, I did get a little bit testy. Hey, look, here's the thing with the Bears, and I don't think – man, they're not a playoff team, but Detroit this week, Houston the following week, at Minnesota playing better – for sure, at Jacksonville, home to Green Bay. That's the final five games. Detroit, Houston, Mini, Jacksonville, Green Bay. There's wins there. Uh, Cap, hopefully this is better. We, 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 for whatever reason, you uh, we lost you during your answer. Can you try and do that again, Cap? Because I uh, yeah. There you go. So Olin Krutz, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame, it was one of the toughest players. He was the leader of the locker room when he played. Olin said, I laid the law down to these guys. If you're going to show up and work out in my gym and I'm going to train you, you're never late. Never. I mean, if I tell you we're working out at 130, that doesn't mean you come strolling in the door at 129 put your shoes on. You're warmed up and ready to roll at 130. He said, another rule is we always have our teammates back. Well, Darnell Mooney gets punked by two Packer players after the whistle. A little punch to the ribs, a little shot to the head. No call by the officials. King, yep. Two guys came running over. The two guys were Alex Bars, Sam Mustafer. Neither guy a starter now starting because of injuries on the offensive line. Oh, and by the way, both guys train with Olin, and they think like Olin. And they came over and got involved. And Olin's point was, there's nine other guys on the offense, some of whom have been in this league a very long time and made a whole lot of money, and none of them had the rookie wide receivers back. That is a problem. That is, we have this great culture up there. Well, guess what? How about defending the rest of your guys? You want to know another problem? Go on social media. Everyone listening, follow Allen Robinson, Javon Wims, mm-hmm. and Anthony Miller, and look at their likes. It's not good. We talked about it on the air today. People are tweeting at him. Come to Green Bay, bro. Come, Come to, to New England. Francisco. Here's where wide receivers go to die in Chicago. And these guys are all liking those tweets. If I'm Matt Nagy or I'm a team leader and I'm walking in the locker room and I'm in their face, okay, you guys are not teammates of mine because you're stabbing all of us in the back. That's a big problem. 
problem you come, come back from. It doesn't feel like that. So ultimately what happens? The Bears limp their way to the finish line of 2020. Is it pace gone? I heard Michael Lombardi last week talking about that he has a very good connection with the ownership group there, and he believes that Pace will get yet another season really? as the general manager. There, there's others out there that just think that they're even. it needs to go deeper than Pace and Nagy. And there, where do you sit here today as we talk about it on December 2nd? Look, I got to know Ryan. I think he's a quality human being. I got to know Matt. I think they're both great people. If I owned the team, and I said this on my radio show, I would fire both guys. Clean house. That's it. Matt, I brought you here to modernize our offense. We've been 27th, 29th, and 31st in three seasons. Out. I, I, I appreciate everything you did. we got to start over. Ryan, you asked me for $142 million for Khalil Mack. Done. Hey, I want to trade up and get Mitchell Trubisky. Do what you think is right. Mm. Hey, I want to sign Akeem Hicks to a big deal. I want to give Eddie Jackson the highest-paid safety contract at the time. And I can keep going on. They've given them everything they've wanted. Oh, you want $100 million to build a new building for the facility? Done. Do it. And it hasn't worked. Guys, this is not personal. It's business. Appreciate all your efforts. I'm moving on. And I'm looking at John Dorsey, and maybe he's bringing Eric Bieniemy, or I'm looking at George Patton. There's some guys out there that you can look at that I think deserve an opportunity. Cap, last thing for you uh, re- regarding the Bears, and probably we'll let, we'll let you go on this. Uh, does Trubisky just stay as the starter? Not that it's going to make a difference. It's, I'm, I'm off the Trubisky. You can fix him. Uh, you can't. He's broken, uh, and he's going to go down as, as a huge bust. But does Trubisky get the last five starts, uh, or do they go back to Foles? How do they handle the starting quarterback? Uh, I think until Nick is healthy, it's not really a decision. And so I think it's Trubisky, and I do think he probably starts the remaining five games unless, God forbid, he gets injured. Uh, I'll just tell you that people in that building really like both guys as guys. Just neither one's good enough. Mm -hmm. And I said that when they drafted Trubisky, I loved the conviction by my GM to trade up and go get the guy he identified as the best guy. You better be right. That's the difference. You better be right. And I advise you, pick up the audio from Tyreek Hill. It's on the big lead this morning. On, on where Mahomes. he admitted yeah. he watched Patrick Mahomes at practice and went, that guy's garbage. <laughs> <I heard> that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. From inside the NFL, that's, uh, that's, uh, that was quite a quote. And boy, was he wrong. Capper, uh, great stuff. Uh, we'll uh, be very anxious to see what happens between now and 7 o'clock with the non-tender. So just to put a bow on it, uh, you think that both Bryant and Schwarber get the tender? Or do you think one of them uh, is left out in the cold? I think one of them's left out of the cold, and I think that's Kyle Schwarber. I also think Albert Almore Jr. Yep. gets non-tendered. So I think both of those are in play. they got to get the payroll down from 218 to somewhere around 140 to 150. Jeez. That's a lot of money to come off the book. Indeed it is. Cap, great stuff. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. You got to call me if you need me if they do anything crazy. We just may take you up on yeah. that tomorrow. Thanks, Cap. Good to talk to you.
Bye. See you, buddy. David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa, makes it possible for us to speak with Cappy every single Wednesday at this time. And if you're in the market for manufactured or natural stone, uh, going to do something, an interior project, maybe a, a fireplace in the basement or in the living room or wherever, or outside, Centurion Stone of Iowa has a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need. Uh, very own manufactured stone product. Over 200 color and pattern combinations. A natural stone as well. Here's where the showroom is. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street. Essentially across the street from the Animal Rescue League. Or check them out online. CenturionStoneOfIowa.com So, Schwarber, if Cappy's right, uh-huh. uh, hits the streets. He'll be snapped up by an American League team, I would think, yeah. very quickly. And there'll guess, be National League teams with the DH. Well, we don't know if that's the case, though, yet. I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Don't you? And if you're an NL team and you have a hole, don't you take a swing at that? I think so, too. I think it's a negotiating play, right? Yeah. I do at this point. That ultimately mm-hmm. it will be DH in both leagues. Well, we got a taste of it this past year. And it, it was fine. It was, right? I'm with you. I and think the, the extra that, innings was good, too. I hated it, absolutely. And then I saw it. And oh, I evolved man. with it. I uh, found the clip of Cheetah, Tyreek Hill. Oh, played. I'm anxious. Yeah, it's from inside the, inside the NFL. Inside the NFL, asking about Patrick Mahomes, first time he saw him in camp. I thought it was trash. I ain't going to cap. I ain't going to cap. I ain't even going to cap, man. When he first got there, I was like, they who y'all drafted right here? They who y'all drafted? Hey, y'all. Hey, but look. Oh. I ain't, he proved me into a whole complete. I don't know. Like he, it just that second year. Like his quarterback mechanics were different. It was like he was spending more time with his quarterback coach, spending more time with Coach Reed, like learning the offense. It was like, dude, it's like different. <laughs> yeah, I'll say he's different. <laughs> he's gonna be a pain Trash. in the ass. Is what he is. If you're not a Chiefs fan, yeah, that's a pretty good quote. Pretty yeah. good. But there's something similar. And if you're a Bears fan, Devin Hester. He's playing pool with somebody. I have no idea who it is. Okay. And he's talking about Jay Cutler. Uh-huh. And he's singing Cutler's praises as a quarterback. Talent. You Talent. Love, you right. love the arm. Oh, I love the arm, Trent. You could hear the ball cutting through the air. I love that, right? But then he said, this is the worst leader in the history, and I'm paraphrasing, of quarterbacks in the league. Um, talked about Brandon Marshall and Cutler's relationship, and mm-hmm. Brandon Marshall was going to get all... Hester and Julius Peppers would set an over-under number of passes that Marshall's going to get. Oh. <laughs> and Hester would clean up every week uh-huh. because he knew who was getting the ball. It was uh-huh. B-Marsh. But that's a pretty good clip if you can find that if you're looking to kill some time. Don't do it till afternoon. Though. Of course, yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, between noon and two. Um, we will talk next to our friend Vinny Iyer. More NFL conversation. Good stuff with Cap Schwarber. I hope he sticks around. You're a well, Schwarber guy. Well, just when he hits the baseball, right? Yeah. It just sounds different. It does. But he'll be doing it somewhere else. And he'll hit 228. Yeah, 40. Mm-hmm. 35, 40. Not bad. Uh, Albert Almore, no surprise there. No, not at all. Not. I mean, really good defensive player, obviously, but can't hit a lick. Just In today's lick. baseball, you can't can't where, get away with guys like that. Where was he drafted? Was he a top 10 pick? I think he was. He was high. Was yeah. seven, maybe? He was high. He was high. Yeah. He, they, they, um, um, in his draft year... They they uh, spent a 
a very high draft pick on Albert Almoro, who spent a lot of time here, got his call up to the show, hope he was going to stick around. But right, really right now, he's a late-inning replacement in center field. That's what it's come to. Sixth overall. Sixth overall. Jeez. 11.25, Miller and Condon till noon. Vinny Iyer on the NFL next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. We are Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM, and now 106.3 FM. This Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 11.30. Before we get out of here, we'll get Trent's pick on Steelers-Ravens, 2.40 here this afternoon. The Steelers, they were a 10-point favorite when we came on the air. Is that what it still is, Trent? Yeah, know? still 10 across still? the board, one ten and a half out there. But sticking there, uh, the anticipation is a couple of those running backs They're weren't going to be available yeah. anyway. So I think that was already built into the line. Are you an RG3 believer? Ooh, interesting. Let's find out from Vinny Iyer. Sporting News is where you can read Vinny. Covers the NFL. He's a Northwestern grad. He's a three-time Jeopardy champion. Uh, Vinny Trenton, Ken, as always, we appreciate you coming on uh, and uh, sharing your wisdom on the NFL with our audience. Vinny, before we get to the NFL and look at uh, look what's going on, uh, just back to last weekend, I was I was really surprised, honestly, after I watched your cats beat Wisconsin in the fashion that they did, uh, essentially shutting down Graham Mertz, who I think is going to be a hell of a player uh, before his time has come and gone. And Rocky Lombardi, who's a local kid here to us, uh, was able to do what he did against that Northwestern defense. Vinny, I was surprised. Yeah, I mean, uh, they did play very sloppy in that game. And sometimes if you live, by the turnovers and takeaways, you're going to die by the turnovers and takeaways. I think the biggest uh, moment in that game was uh, you had the interception that uh, you had Rocky Lombardi throw, and then uh, the very next play, I thought that was going to go for a big gain, and you just had uh, McGowan fumble the ball for Northwestern. That pretty much changed the game, the way it was going. I think the momentum was all on the side of us uh, going into that drive, and then uh, one play where you drop the ball, changes everything. Instead of uh, going in for maybe a score that puts it away, keeps the game close, and uh, allows the, the Spartans to steal that one. So you knew that was coming. I mean, sometimes the way the Cats play is a little dangerous. They don't slam the door on opponents sometimes. It's always a bit of a grind. And I think that's the next level that we have to look at. And I think we're used to it a little bit because that's the way they play and want to grind and do that, but some point it'd be nice to put some teams away, and they did that in the first game against Maryland, which now looks like a slightly better win than it was. But still, you look at it. If you said they would only have one loss at this point in the season, and yeah. be well positioned to go to the West you know, Championship here, and also play in the Big Ten title game, and potentially play Indiana if Ohio State misses another game here, or maybe face a team that has lost their quarterback and Michael Penix. Uh, Maybe you might take it there if uh, you can get a Northwestern Indiana battle for the uh, Big Ten title. Wild to think about. It really is. That's where we are. To the NFL, 2.40 kickoff, as Ken mentioned here, Central Time with the Steelers and the Ravens. If you can, Vinny, just take us through this week as soap operas normally in the middle of the afternoon. (laughs) That's what we have here in the NFL and what the Ravens have gone through now basically over this last week. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's hard to believe this game was scheduled for nearly a week ago yeah. on Thanksgiving, and this was going to be our dessert game yep. this week. And uh, just uh, looking at uh, that, and uh, it's unbelievable that this game has been pushed back, but this tells you that the NFL is not going to settle for canceled games or rescheduled games, and frankly, they can't because it's week 12. There's no room on the schedule. The bye weeks are done after week 13. You have the Panthers and Bucks off this week. No more flexibility schedule. I don't think anybody that's a playoff team wants a week 18, no matter what, because it puts more teams in flux. And that's the bottom line is uh, I know the Broncos fans are upset with why they had to play that game. Well, it was one traditional grouping. And again, with the Broncos, frankly, they were not in the mix and you didn't expect them to be a contender. Well, Steelers and Ravens, a little bit higher in the marquee, a lot more at stake here. They gave the Ravens their chance. It's not like the Ravens are sitting there loving this situation. They're really down a lot of guys. So it hasn't changed their situation all that much by extending this game and getting in there. But, hey, maybe it's important for the Steelers to get in there where you can get one more win, mm-hmm. get to 11-0, and 0, keep pushing here down the stretch. Maybe you can complete this special season here without a blemish. So, again, it's pretty important for the Steelers. And I think where you're hearing the noise is for Broncos fans and Steelers fans and not being fair about this game. But, look, uh, this whole season and the whole year hasn't been fair to a lot of teams. The Ravens uh, are just lucky that they have somebody healthy. And I think we just kind of blow this off. Okay, there are 20 players on a COVID-19 list for an NFL team. And we're like, okay, this is no big deal. They'll keep playing. So maybe we've been a little desensitized to this because uh, – college cancellations and the show must go on and playing in the NFL, but it's a real tough situation to navigate. And I'm just surprised the Ravens were the first team to be hit so hard so late in the season. Yeah, they really were. And and this Bronco fan, Vinny, I, I, I have no problem with what the NFL did. And sounds like Fangio's finally learned his lesson because he's now keeping Blake Bortles away from the rest of the quarterbacks. He'll have a COVID quarterback uh, that is sequestered somewhere else. So let's, Vinny, my favorite division, top to bottom, and it always has been, uh, is the NFC East. And it's tough to watch games uh, in, this con- in this division rather uh, this year. I'm now convinced that Washington is going to win this somehow. Uh, I'm not sure Jones, uh, the extent of his injury, I've seen enough of the Eagles to know that they have no hope. Cowboys likewise. I think Washington with that defense in particular uh, that might lead them to a home playoff game. Are you on board with the Washington football team winning the East? I would be, except their schedule is really brutal what's coming up. I mean, they do have the Steelers next week or this week, <laughs> this week and next week are kind of uh, blending together. But, yeah, it's, a, it's one of the tougher schedules. And this is a big reason why this division is not very good, is the schedule has been brutal. When you play the entire NFC West, this is the best division in the NFL at this point. They're loaded from top to bottom. Then you have the AFC North, who's also been pretty good. You have three teams. And before Joe Burrow was gone, Cincinnati was a tough team for to beat every week. so And even the Giants found out it was still hard without Joe Burrow to try to beat that team. So, yeah, it's been hard. I mean, you just don't get it where, by the luck of the draw, a division faces the two best divisions in the NFL at the same time. And what you're seeing is maybe not an accurate reflection of these teams. I get it. They all played very well. One team is up to a backup quarterback. One team is down to its third quarterback. You might have the Giants going to Colt McCoy this week. 
Washington actually might end up with a quarterback upgrade from where they were, from Dwayne Haskins to uh, Kyle Allen to Alex Smith. So, yeah, they certainly might be looking at the best quarterback play by default. When you look at Andy Dalton and Colt McCoy and Carson Wentz, that uh, Alex Smith actually might give Washington a better chance to win games. So it'll be interesting down the stretch. I still think the Eagles are going to pull this out somehow. Oof. I'm not crazy about it, but I think they'll steal one of these games that are coming up against tougher teams, the Saints or the Packers. I don't know if it'll be this week or the next week and uh, try to pull it out there. But clearly, uh, I think when you look at schedule-wise, Washington and uh, the Eagles have it the toughest here. That's the tough thing. And you could say those are the two, quote, best teams in the division. The Giants have a favorable schedule, but you might be without Daniel Jones. There's a lateral move now at this point for them to McCoy. And the Cowboys, I mean, who knows? I mean, this Ravens team, they might get them in a weird situation there in Baltimore next week. But after that, the schedule is very favorable for Dallas. So you never know what you're going to get here. They could come down to who's beaten who twice. Because we know Washington has beaten the Cowboys twice. You know, the Giants have beaten Washington twice. The Eagles are kind of in flux trying to split with all these teams. So, it's going to be uh, very interesting here. And uh, really, I would expect it's going to come down to Week 17 when all four teams are playing yep. each other. Speaking of all four teams, uh, three teams seemingly in the mix for the final spot in the NFC. Who do you trust more, trying to chase down the Cardinals, the 49ers, or the Vikings, both teams a game back? Yeah, I mean, I guess you can't rule out the Bears, technically. Yeah, They're still cross them off. <laughs> they beat the Niners. You have... Well, the one thing about the Bears, I will say, is the schedule is very favorable here yeah. down the stretch. Yeah. And they may come down to what they do against the Lions uh, this week if they can get back into it. Well, Cardinals are going to have their hands full with the Rams this week. And say the Vikings, you would expect them to be the Jaguars, but it was certainly a close call against the uh, Panthers last week. And the other team, you look at the 49ers, really, I mean, things can line up well for the 49ers all of a sudden. They're getting a little healthier. So just by getting Debo Samuel, Raheem Mostert, and Richard Sherman back, those three guys made a huge difference immediately in getting that win against the Rams. So this team's getting healthier. It's kind of treaded water here since they've lost all these guys. And maybe this, the record is surprising. They do get to play the Cardinals and Vikings here coming up, so they do control some of the things that are ahead of them. What they can't control is that they have to play home games in Arizona for the foreseeable future. So that's tough when you host a team like the Bills on Monday night, and you have to adjust to a new stadium. So uh, it's going to be fun. I think all of a sudden it's interesting now between those teams. And, again, I wouldn't rule out the Bears just because of what their schedule is uh, going forward. Uh, I know uh, facing uh, Packers in Week 17, maybe they'll get a break there as well. Green Bay has something locked up uh, seed-wise there in that game. Mm, interesting. Uh, Vinny, I watched the uh, the Saints and the Broncos uh, last weekend. Um, I, I, they got to hope that Drew Brees finds the fountain of youth. Uh, Taysom Hill's not the answer, in my opinion. He really he just struggles to throw the football. He's better when they bring him in for a play here and a play there. They're the number one seed right now in the NFC. Brees has a rib issue, number of ribs that are cracked. Uh, what's his status, Vinny? Do they expect him back prior to the end of the regular season? Because if it's Taysom Hill who's asked to lead this team, uh, I just don't think he's capable of doing so. Yeah, I mean, the biggest test is what I want to see is when the other team is going to challenge the Saints offensively. Will it be this week? Maybe Julio Jones comes back. The Falcons are a little bit 
more dangerous here at home with their offense. They've been a better home team of late. Maybe they can give them a little bit of reason to sweat and make some more plays offensively. We know it's going to be the Chiefs coming up here next week. So I'm curious, or a couple weeks, I'm curious to see, however, uh, when they have to make that decision, if Breeze is on the fence of getting healthy, do they have to activate it? Do they need to rush him back in the lineup? Because what I thought was interesting, he was on the injury report with the shoulder, and all of a sudden it was revealed he had ribs. So were they totally truthful about the state of uh, Breeze's health? We're not sure about that. How badly is he injured? Would they force him back in the lineup knowing that you're not going to win a battle with Patrick Mahomes with Taysom Hill as your quarterback? It's simply not going to happen because – Chiefs certainly have a big advantage on the other side there. They're not going to be worried about if they can't run the ball, they don't care. What's the thing? They kind of a dump on the run against the Bucks, and you saw what happened. It was just Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill playing pitch and catch. So that's going to be interesting drama here down the stretch. Will the Saints make that change here? Uh, they also have to worry about the Eagles, who, again, are scrappy and could cause some problems here potentially against that defense with the some of the playmakers they have. So it'll be interesting here if they can get past these games against the uh, Falcons and Eagles, and then uh, what happens with Drew Brees when it's maybe time for him to come back. Final thing for me, Vinny, what do you make of this incredibly odd relationship with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady? That's a good point. Good question. It's been... I don't know. A lot of it's headlines. I get a lot of that. Maybe some clickbait out there, but it's really difficult just to wrap my mind around not being close to the situation. What's happening? Fill us in if you can, Brady and Arians. Yeah, I think Bruce Arians had an interesting set of quarterbacks. I think you look past uh, in his past, he's had Ben Roethlisberger, he's had Carson Palmer, he's had Andrew Luck, he's had James Winston. So. I think he expects a certain thing out of his quarterback, and Tom Brady may not be physically as capable, but I think he's probably seeing it as a Carson Palmer resurrection type situation where Palmer may not have had the same type of arm limitations. Because keep in mind, Carson Palmer was an older veteran quarterback, but he was not 43 years old when right. Bruce Arians got him. So I think it's on Bruce Arians you have to adjust. I think it's on these teams that have these offensive-minded coaches Sometimes they get too much in their heads. I mean, you mentioned Sean Payton with Taysom Hill wanting to go in that direction a lot. You have Doug Peterson maybe not calling the right plays, given the way his offense is running. And I think that happens to Bruce Arians as well. I know he's not necessarily the guy calling the shots here with Byron Leftwich, but you've got to adjust a little bit. You can't just say, I'm going to do what I want to do because that's the way I want my offense to be run. You have to adjust, I think, a coach like Matt LaFleur has done that well to Aaron Rodgers, kind of understood his strengths and what they needed to do there. And that's the most important thing. When he has that offensive-minded coach, he's got to be open to the ideas and mesh with the quarterback he has. And It's not always going to be where you get that coach and quarterback together, that Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. So when you've had two hard-headed veteran guys who've been around for a long time, like Arian and Brady, it's going to take time, and we'll have to see how that plays out. But certainly it hasn't looked good here, but – Maybe the bye week is just what they needed to figure things out. Indeed. Uh, late bye week, but uh, there it, it's, uh, it, it is this week, so we'll see where they come back. Yeah, Vinny, they're trending down. I know that you keep dropping them in your power rankings. I thought that they would represent the NFC. Uh, I'm now firmly on the Packers bandwagon as they look to, to me to be the best team. We shall see. Still five weeks of football to be played. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Thank you, Vinny. Appreciate you coming on.
Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, you do the same. Vinny Iyer, Sporting News, as we talk a little NFL, our final segment here on a Wednesday. Um, Bears down the stretch, Trent. <laughs> They're not winning. No, I well, have you seen the schedule though? Yeah, They've got a bunch it doesn't of win- matter. Have you seen this team play football? I have. I watched them as recently as the uh, Packers game They're on on Sunday night on the weekend. Yeah, they have no quarterback. Um, David Montgomery's a nice player, but they have a defense that's quit. Yeah, what has happened to that? I mean, Hicks being out is huge. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, you knew they were in trouble with the opt out before the year, and then you uh-huh. couple that an offensive yeah. line that looked decent the first couple of weeks, and then injuries hit. They've had to do some shows. So, so let's run this by you. Right now they have, what, five wins? Yes. So they need to get to, what, nine? <laughs> right. They've got five left. Uh-huh. Detroit at home this weekend. Loss. <laughs> Houston at home next Loss. week. At Minnesota. Loss. Here comes Jackson. No, Win. they go to Jacksonville. Win. Home to Green Bay. Loss. So you've got him as a six-win football team. Six and ten. Six and ten. After one point being, what, five and one? Five and one. Five and one to six and ten. I think they all get blown out. Nagy, Pace, Foles, Trubisky. Boom. If it doesn't happen, you see they are run much differently than any other organization in the NFL. Those guys stick around after this. Mm. It's run. How many have they lost in a run up? Five. Yes. Jesus. Five and one. Now five and six. Well, they get the Lions this week, and the Lions are really bad. Well, Trubisky is a lion killer. This is the team that he actually lifts his, licks his chops. Maybe I should go back on this. Uh, six I, I, and six? I, I'm not. No. I will not do that with this team. Houston, Will Fuller, and Bradley Roby out for the year with PEDs the following week. Until I see that. Can you imagine probably Packers in the first round if they would sneak in? Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> I think the Vikings are going to get a spot. You do? I, do? I think so. You like them more than the 49ers? <sighs> yes. Thielen back? Yep. Is what's what's Smith the tight end? What's his uh, situation? Is he gone for the year? Do you know? I don't know if he'll be. back. Well, having Thielen back would be huge. Yes. Jefferson is the best of the rookie receivers. Mm-hmm. Not the first three. Ceedee Lamb's really good. Henry Ruggs is really fast. Jerry Judy is. I don't know yet. Jefferson, I do. I'm convinced yeah. he's he's legit. Brandon Ayuk with the Niners. He's back now. Yeah, he's a good player. There. Mostert was back last week. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Kittle said uh, Kittle uh, was quoted as saying he'll be back sooner rather than later. Now I don't know what that means. Oh yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Come back, finish it up. Who's Trent picking Steelers and Ravens? We'll find out next. Miller and Condon, fourteen sixty KXNO one hundred six point three FM. The sports fanatics drive you home every day, weekdays at four on fourteen sixty AM and one hundred six point three FM. This is K- In final couple of minutes here, Wednesday edition. If you missed any of it, if there's a guest you wanted to hear again, the podcast will be up, oh, shortly. Well, the primetime games, there's a game this afternoon. There's no game tomorrow. Sunday night, we've got Denver Gulp and the Chiefs. Uh, And then two games on Monday. Washington, the football team, plays the Steelers, Buffalo and San Francisco. And a game Tuesday, Dallas and Baltimore. Those scheduled for now. Uh, But this afternoon at 2.40, the Steelers are a 10-point favorite as they will host uh, the Baltimore Ravens, who have had very little time to practice uh, this week. 10.5 is the number. 
Uh, Dobbins and Ingram both unlikely to play. We know that Lamar Jackson won't play. It's RG3 and Mr. Monday Night making the rarest of Wednesday appearances. It's Mr. Wednesday Afternoon and I got a pick for you. I actually don't have a strong opinion on this yeah. one. Do you, do you in like the past, a- I, you grab the points in this game, especially Not- anytime he gets over a field goal. Yeah. But boy, it's hard to pick him up with Baltimore. If I will make a play, it'll be on the Ravens. I'm going to do a little more. You would grab the points? I would grab the points if I had to right now. But still, i got to do a little bit more on this one. It won't be a stay away because I'm sick. But yeah, yeah. that's where I'm leaning right now. Check you- me, find me on the Action Network app. You can follow my picks there. What? Seriously? Yeah, yeah. And I put all my picks up. So I already got Illinois locked in for today. Did they pay you for doing that? No, no. Just a good way to track it and to keep my... For everybody that wants to see everything I do... Because on Fridays, we do five picks. Well, you know I play yeah. a lot more fun than five right. games. So Is that the Action Network? That's Darren Ravel's yes. game, right? Yes, yep. Look yeah. at you go. Yeah, so over there and put my picks up so you can... A lot of college basketball today. I'll probably... I would guess I got six or seven games circled right now. So, Do you like Baylor or Illinois? You like Love Illinois. Illinois. Okay. Probably my favorite bet of the day is the Illini. Uh, five and a half was one of the early numbers that I saw. I got him at five. I'm going to guess he can get that there. Just a dusting on that money line. Love the Illini. It's going to be a hell of a game. 9 o'clock tip tonight, 2.40 for football, Wednesday afternoon, NBC. Al and Chris are the best on TV. Miller and Cotton will be back tomorrow. Murph and Andy at 2, the Fanatics at 4, Hawkeye Radio tonight with Leistakow and Company at 6. Have a great day. 1460, 106.3 FM. The Iowa State Cyclones are on the verge of greatness, of doing something they've never done before. Join the party after every game with Jethro's Barbecue Cyclone Sound Off. Heather Burnside and Emery Songer bring you highlights, analysis, and of course, your calls. Jethro's Barbecue Cyclone Sound Off. After every Cyclone football game right here on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. KXNO.